The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Seven minutes past eight here on AM Live on SAFM. You're listening to the Forum at Eight today. Give us uh, a call. The number to dial 0891-104208. You can SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook the show, AM Live on SAFM. You can even email us today, amlive at safm.co.za. We even get it when we're here in Cape Town. They do have internet here. So do tell us what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts on State of the Nation address. Some of you are giving the president a score for him uh, for his uh, address last night. If you'd like to do so, do give us a score out of, out of 10, but also tell us why. Why do you give that score? Uh, I got a score out of 4 out of 10 for uh, the president last night. It was an unsigned SMS that came in earlier to the show. But I'm going to challenge you. Tell us why. What do you think deserved that 4 out of 10 on, uh, your, uh, on your view of the State of the Nation address last night? Well, to give their scores and their impression of uh, the State of the Nation address, I'm joined, joined in studio by uh, Minister Collins Chibane. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Minister in the Presidency. appreciate your time. Thank you and good morning. Also joined by the DA's Walmart, James. I believe it's the first time we've met, Mr. James. Good morning. It is the first time and good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Also the first time we've met, Member of Parliament and uh, the UDM's Deputy Secretary General, Ngabam Yomzi Kwankwa. Good morning. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Kwankwa. Good morning. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. First of all, if, if we can start with, and, and I, don't want to, I don't want to get directly into the speech, because a lot of people before the speech was being made talked about the mannerisms of, of, of President Zuma, the way he delivers the way he speaks. Uh, Richard Callan last year lambasted the president saying, you know, he's not a reader. He doesn't read these documents. Last night, Minister, do you think he, he changed those perceptions among people, especially when he went off script? And I think even hard-nosed journalists were, were, were set up and paid attention. Um, obviously, um, everybody has got its own characteristics. <coughs> and all of us don't do the same thing uh, when we read our speeches or when we speak. Uh, the president has got his own way in which he's able to deliver his, uh, his addresses wherever he is, uh, whether he's speaking of the calf or he's speaking mm. of, of, of the text of the speech. So um, people have got the right to make their own judgment, and everybody will have his own judgment about anything. N- none of us will have the same understanding or the same perception of what the issue is. So I would, um, I would welcome South Africans to have those crit- criticism mm. if they have, but... Uh, that's how the president is. Technically, you were impressed. <coughs> Obviously, as a, uh, as a minister of cabinet and also as a member of the ANC, um, I think I was impressed in the manner in which the president was able to come across to South Africans uh, with regard to the progress he has made in his administration. The official opposition, Mr. James, uh, you agree? Well, I mean, if you put matters of <laughs> substance aside, the tone that the president said was a good tone. The manner of delivery was confident, and when he went off um, off the script, he was able to deliver a message that was actually quite important. So in terms of tone and style and delivery, uh, he certainly has done much better than what he's done before. Um, he doesn't have a very impressive style to start off with, but I mean, it's much better than what we've seen before. So just in terms of tone, we'll get into mm-hmm. a discussion about substance later. I mean, I would actually agree that it was a much better delivery of a sonar that I've seen. Mr. Conquer? Well, in our cases, the United Democratic Movement all is focused on the content and more the substance uh, because that's what determines as to whether or not we're going forward as a country. And in this instance, obviously, we had to evaluate and look at the pre- President's progress report so far as to what the government has managed to do because obviously he couldn't talk about what he intends doing going forward because it's an outgoing administration. 
Uh, but to answer your question, maybe and not to you know sound like a politician. Yes, it was indeed a good one. Yes. But but you see, I think I think one thing you just come to Parliament when uh, when we're speaking, then MPs are speaking. You look at all of us. It's very entertaining. <laughs> why, why do you say that? <laughs> the way people speak, some jump around, some do. Yes, yes. So, so that part is a, it's a very interesting one when you go to parliament. You'll see next year when the debate is taking place. And, and I think that's what South Africans really got a glimpse at last night, is what actually happens within parliament. We had an opportunity to all watch it as well. And, and, and President Jacob Zuma had, in his wisdom, decided to move the State of the Nation address to 7 p.m. in the evening. So more South Africans, working class South Africans, the 15 million of us he talked about last night, night had an opportunity to watch the state of the nation address what did you think of it three four seven zero one do you want to give the president a score great do give him a score tell us why as well what did you score him on what were the high points what were the low points what's your reaction to the state of the nation address three four seven zero one to sms us your answers to that question i'll read them out during the show you can also give us a call oh eight nine one one oh four two oh eight that number again oh eight nine one one oh four two oh eight Tweet or Facebook the show, AM Live on SAFM. One of the top issues that I think many people were looking for was the question of corruption. Minister, how, do you, how well do you think the president dealt with that last night? Obviously, um, in, in yesterday's speech, the president went slightly more into detail on that aspect to indicate what is it, what is it that, that, that has been happening. Obviously, he didn't cover each and every aspect of the work which the government is doing with regard to, 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 to corruption. For example, he didn't uh, put across uh, the number of proclamations he have signed and the ones that which are in the pipeline to be signed for the SIU to, to start investigations of some of the issues which have been reported to his office. Mm. So, and as you'd understand, the State of the Nation address or any speech anyway of that magnitude can't cover everything else, it can't cover everything, but it will cover the bare minimum which you can because... Even now, m- most of us in the departments are complaining, no, the president didn't include my issue, <laughs> the president didn't include my issue. But I think he covered a lot and gives us African confidence. I think public service and administration, the minister there was <laughs> most excited because he mentioned the Municipal Systems Amendment Act and the number of uh, prosecutions that were achieved within mm-hmm. municipal services. Local government, a key question of where service delivery needs to take place, and government really tackling corruption at that local government level. The president was boasting about what he was able to achieve. Mr. Wilmot James. Well, we need to get a grip on the scale of the problem of corruption before we start speaking about achievements. We're losing 25 billion rands per year on corruption when it comes to 10-day irregularities. We've accumulated since President Zuma's uh, term started in 2009. We've accumulated something into the order of 670 billion rand. It's a lot of money. Um, And um, what has happened is that we've dropped in terms of the world bank governance indicator report when it comes to controlling corruption, which is about governance. We dropped 10 places uh, since uh, President, former President Thabo Mbeki was president. We've also dropped 70 places on the corruption perception index. So that's the scale of the problem. It is monumental a problem. And I think what the president announced yesterday were really quite small little measures. What he hasn't done is taken bold steps. If he wants to take bold steps, he should reintroduce the scorpions. 
you should fire ministers who are guilty of corruption. Why, why do we need the scorpions back? Don't we have the hawks? No, the hawks don't have enough teeth. I mean, the scorpions' teeth were pulled. Uh, well, so it's an unfortunate pun. The hawks don't have teeth. But, <laughs> but, but, but uh, you know, just to, to take it away, but, it, you know, the, the scorpions have been replaced. There's a, there's a new elite investigating body, the hawks. Why, why do we need the scorpions? Because, because the scorpions are far more effective, and the scorpions had far more powers. And what you need is a vigorous exercise of oversight and investigative powers and prosecutorial powers that comes to corruption on that level. Mr. Kwanko, I'll, I'll get your reaction to that. Mr. Ch- Minister Chibani, I mean, what do you think about that? Reinstating the scorpions? You know, the, 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 the executive would not have uh, changed or, uh, from the scorpions to the hawks without going through parliament. So members of parliament, they are the ones who pass the law. Uh, the law was presented to them uh, by my and Mr. James was there when even, it was passed. Even if, they, even if they didn't agree, not all the laws are, are completely 100% agreed upon, but the, this is the law of the country. And once the law is in place, then we'll have to make sure that it, is, it gets implemented. So the law was passed by Parliament. It went to the Constitutional Court. The Constitutional Court said, go and correct the following. And the Parliament um, obliged and corrected those things. Mr. James? Well, well, could I say, I mean, that's technically obviously true. Um, but Parliament is also dominated by the ANC. So, so is it just sour grapes? So, but let me get to the real point, is that the President has no moral authority to speak on the question of corruption within Kandla. And so um, what you require is presidential action backed up by a moral authority given a history of being clean and a history of being uncorrupt and a history of being a personally a personal example of good governance. And on that score, President Jacob Zuma has no moral authority, given what has happened within Kanla uh, and in Kanla Gate. And therefore, we think his stance on corruption is actually very, very, very weak. Mr. Kwanko, nodding vigorously. That is, that is indeed very true. We couldn't agree with more, with more with the democratic lines, in the sense that I think the fight about corruption is more about the question of leadership. Uh, it should actually start from the top. All the examples you cited earlier and actually include, you know, uh, convictions at lower government level, lower, um, local government level rather, mm. rather than at the top where you see, for example, senior, senior cadres are actually redeployed when they're involved in corruption scandals. And at once we have that approach and once we have that attitude, we cannot really uh, succeed in the fight against corruption. But I think the other very important issue which I forgot to do when, when you introduced me earlier is that I had to apologize for uh, the absence of General Romisa in mm-hmm. his interview, uh, who had to attend this morning to urgent party business. Well, we, uh, we, we do hope that uh, the UDM's uh, General Bantu Romisa is having a good day. Magaba in Pretoria writes in saying, those insulting the speech of Zuma wish Helen Zilla was a president of South Africa and whites were still ruling this country. I thank the president for reminding us of the past and that apartheid government was corrupt and repulsive. In Kowatse of Glen Cowie says, colleagues, or rather colleges, can be opened. The problem might be, where will the lectures come from? Current teachers are aged. Uh, WM saying, always crisis management, the same things promised before. Government has always been able to, to satisfactorily deliver. Why would they now be able to do so? Serious questions, says WM. Don in the Eastern Cape calls in. Good morning, Don. Morning, morning. Uh, and to your panelists as well. Good morning, Don. Go ahead. Yes, I'm calling from the Eastern Cape. Uh, morning to the minister and the team. Morning. Morning. Uh, morning. Yeah, the, the speech by the president, from my point of view, was very balanced. And I think he actually had to re- 
to, 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 to present the speech in a manner that he did, because it is the end of the five years. And I think he did quite clearly explain the deliverables in terms of the outcomes that government has set to, to have achieved at this point in time. Impressively, impressively for me was the detail he gave around issues of uh, education, mm-hmm. around issues of health. Uh, I think he could have done more on rural development because I'm calling in a small town in the Alfred Road district called Ndabangulo. We are very rural here, but we see the service deliver. And we all normally go to towns like Mtata. Uh, but within this period of five years, in the town of Mtata, there has been a massive improvement. I'm sure the minister can attest to that. Well, Don, you said you wanted to see more rural development. What more did you want to see there? You know, the, because in, in 2009, one of the priorities uh, that the, this administration was given was to turn around rural parts of the province, right. uh, bring, bring them into the mainstream economy through SMME development and other interventions. I think there is a lot that has been done, but I think the president couldn't give the actual details in terms of what has been achieved. But yeah, the work of government continues, but I think it's an area, uh, as I'm calling from the rural town of Jabangulu, that I think it needs urgent attention, Mr. Minister. But overall, I think from an infrastructure point of view, the province of the Eastern Cape is busy, a road construction throughout, mm-hmm. and I think there is huge progress. The Don, Mtata thanks. Airport, the bridge, uh, uh, the new bridge that has been constructed in Mtata. <laughs> and I think, I, think, I think really there is work, work well done. And as the president... Don, thank you for that call there. Thank, thank you for that call in the Eastern Cape. Joe Preview was almost delivering a State of the Nation address himself. He knows about much of the achievement. And here's a knowledgeable South African, and I think that's what we want to create, right, is that every South African should know about their towns, know about their local communities, and what everyone from the president all the way down to their, their local ward council is doing for them. So, Don, a great example of what, a, what it means to be an active citizen in South Africa, knowing about uh, your economy. Uh, some challenges there. He wants more information about rural development, and, and the president has in the past admitted that the uh, willing buy, willing seller, for example, has failed. Uh, he's talked about land reform as well. He says, you know, just an equitable uh, compensation is what we should be looking at. Uh, how would you respond to Don? <coughs> no, let, before I come to that, there's an issue which has been raised, uh, this, uh, which is a topic which uh, the opposition and other people think is, a, is, a, is something to go to town about, mm-hmm. <coughs> the, the, the Kandla issue. Firstly, the assertions which are being made here that the president is corrupt. And there's no proof of that. Mm. No court of law have ever, if, if we believe in the rule of law, no court of law have ever said the president is corrupt. Now, if, on, on, on the question of Inkanda. <coughs> to be fair, though, no court has really ruled on it. And to be fair, we're still waiting for the Inkanda report from the public yes. protector. So there, is, exactly. there, there hasn't yes. been a decision. There has not been a decision. Mm. So we can't make that decision. Mm. Let, the, let that report comes out and let, let's deal with it. But, even on that issue, all, all the time the opposition says about 200 million. Over 135 million of that is, 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 is barracks. It's public works properties, barracks for police, for the army. It can't be, it can't be said it's a president's issue. Right. Now, let me, let me come to, <coughs> to the issue of rural development. Do, do you think, though, the president mentioned the tender system last night. Do you think, you know, fixing the tender system would have prevented the, the, the encounter scandal at least? We don't know uh, as, as whether it will have presented or not, but, 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 the, but the measures which are being put in place is to avoid issues like those. Not only that one, but a lot of things, because even the report of the task team mm-hmm. which was set up by the department indicate that there are certain things which didn't go well. 
in terms of the tendering system with regard to that project, which might have inflated the prices and so on and so forth. It is not the principles of whether it was supposed to have been done or not, because in the case of that uh, instance, uh, there are a lot of things which might have not gone there, procedures not followed, uh, prices inflated, and so on and so forth. With regard to rural development, I think the caller is right that the president didn't go into the details mm-hmm. with regard to the progress we are making in rural areas and what is it that is happening. Particularly because, it's, as, 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 as and I normally say that, the, the president had to focus on the five priorities. With regard to rural development, they only concentrated on the, on the, land, uh, on the land reform program. Uh, what is it that is happening, how far did we go, mm. and what are the issues which are confronting us in that area. He didn't go into details to give that the, the pilot project which we've been running for the past for the past three years, three to four years, uh, with regard to rural development, the various parts of the country from Limpopo, Free State, uh, Eastern Cape, and so on and so forth. The caller only noticed what we have been doing in Umtata, where we have invested mm. over, over 2 billion rand in, in that area to deal with the issues of, of, of development, the, the challenges which are facing us, the infrastructure the, the, and, and, and other mm. things. We have to go to the course. We've got Lennon and Zono holding on. But, Mr. James, I, I want to get you in on this, and, and Mr. Kwanko as well. When we talk about rural development, last night the president mentioned the pet latrine system, the, the, the bucket toilet system, rather. And he's saying, you know, we still need to eradicate this. In two separate phases, we're still going to be eradicating it. First, in the formal areas, uh, uh, you know, townships and inform- informal areas, and then informal areas in the second phase. He never gave us a deadline, though. That's true. When it, I mean, when it comes to rural development, um, and there's some things we need to acknowledge, uh, this government has spent about 7% uh, of GDP on infra- infrastructure, including rural areas. So that's quite a good figure, but it's not good enough. It should be 10% by international norms. So we think that there should be much better um, expenditure when it comes to GDP. And on uh, rural development, we need to tackle the question of jobs, so we need to have that discussion about growth and jobs, because the growth rate and the job creation rate under President Zuma compared to President, former President Thabo Mbeki uh, in particular, and before that, uh, President, former President Nelson Mandela, is much weaker. And what he did in his speech yesterday was he lied that process. He collapsed his regime with 20 years mm. of, of history, and it's a very impressive 20 years, and it has to be acknowledged. Um, but he has faulted, President Zuma has faulted in terms of growth, in terms of job creation, and in terms of land reform. The land reform process is enough money to deal with it, but the administration of the land reform process has been very, very, very poor. Uh, and so the efficiency of, of transferring land and giving people legal title land, especially in the rural areas, and where it comes to communal land tenure, and dealing with that particular issue, so you can put the ownership of land in rural people's hands so they can leverage that title, leverage that asset. So in response to the caller, let me say that the performance of this government has been not bad, but by no means good enough. So we mustn't celebrate mediocre achievement in a particular area of policymaking. Mr. Conker, I mean, is, is Mr. James right that the president collapsed the entire legacy of, from 94 to today with his own record saying 3.5% average growth rate, but not talking about the 2% or under 2% while he's been in office? Uh, that's very true. And I think it was, uh, that's why we, we summed it up as an electioning speech, because he did, not, he did not give us an, a true picture of what happened over the past five years. 
it's very easy to collapse everything into the past 20 years because you know there are lots of pockets of successes in the mm. past previous administrations and so on and that actually pushes up the average growth rate if you look at it if you do your maths properly mm-hmm. and the other issue which is very critical where I want to go back to what Minister uh, Shaban said earlier I think it's more we, we repeat we want to reiterate that corruption the fight against corruption is more a question of leadership like Caesar's wife the president should be beyond suspicion and in some instances, even though he has never been convicted of any corrupt practice, but he should actually have his day in court in some of the charges that are of corruption that were leveled against him in the past. Um, so all those things are very important. But when it comes to rural development, we keep saying that I think the focus and the emphasis seems to be more on capital projects and rather than ensuring that we also prioritize uh, rural, rural communities as, as a way to try and redress past imbalances and backlogs. Let's go to those calls then. Len, apologies for making you hold. Len in Cape Town, at least you're not far away. Morning, morning. morning. I want to tell you, the wait to get on to say my piece, it's almost as long as people are waiting for service delivery. <laughs> Sorry about that, Len. What, what yeah, was your point right. you'd like to make? Okay, firstly, you ask for a score, I'm going to give you my score. The yeah. score is three, made up as follows, neat, well-dressed, and he's had his glasses tightened, they don't keep on falling down. He loses the seven points because he total loss of credibility. We have heard a repeat of a repeat of repeat of everything that the man has been saying for the past five years plus, right? There's nothing new. And with regard to the corruption part, I nearly crashed my car laughing because the man refuses to allow the courts to test his case. Every little bit of, of uh, subterfuge that could be used to keep him out of court has been used. And on the basis of that, he gets a minus seven. Len, thank you very much for that call. So uh, three out of ten, mainly for a tire, according to Len. Mzono in Peter Marisburg. Good morning. Hi. <coughs> Hi, Mzono. Also, apologies to you for making you hot. Uh, what would you like that, to say? Ah, uh, that's okay. Then no, no, thanks very much. Just, uh, I just wanted to say, look at it. Look at it it's objectively. Mm-hmm. The, pre- the president did actually really explain this thing. That the, 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 the aim of, of the SONA uh, 2013 was to look at the five-year term, as well as uh, in particular, but also look at the, at the, 15, at the, at the, at the 20 years since, since, since our liberation. I think if you look at it at that, like that, then you, you do get a sense that he gave an account of what has happened. And I think... Um, he was not just when you get it he was not just uh, just addressing people who are who are used to news and uh, from the media and everywhere, but he was also informing the rest of us, the rest of in the in the in the, in the, in the villages and and, and 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 the townships and the rural areas what actually has been has happened since since 1994, and those of us who still who still vivid vivid memories of what happened during those times, where we coming from, as, as, as mm-hmm. particularly particularly as as as, as, as the oppressed. You do get a sense that advances have been made. Well, some of the things that used to happen before pre-1994, which were dead, are no longer there. We are no longer experiencing those things, um, by and large. But however, his speech did touch on, this, on the fact that, yes, there are still a lot of work that needs to be done. I think if you look at it that way, instead of looking at, at instead of looking at, at, at it, at, at it uh, you, know, you know, people are disappointed that people were, mm-hmm. expect, were expecting the president to say he's going to resign. This so, is obvious unreasonable. This so, Mzono, do, you, do you want to give the president a score? We, we do have to go to headlines. So, would, would you like to yeah, give him a score fine. before you well, leave? Well, 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 objectively, I'll really give him 
seven between seven and eight out of ten. I mean, that's just that's, that's just my objective assessment. Okay, so seven out of ten from Zono. Len uh, gave him three out of ten. Don, we didn't get one from you. Maybe you can SMS us three four seven zero one eight thirty. I'll get uh, onto the economy, talking more about job creation and jobs that uh, the president spoke about last night. I also want to touch on service delivery and protests. What's really at the heart of these protests? And the president admitted, yes, there's some service delivery challenges, but perhaps the protests are also because of the successes in government, not entirely due to the failures. We'll talk about that next. It's uh, 8.30 time for your news headlines. Here's Vibakshini Chetty. Forum at 8 on SAFM. 24 minutes now to 9. South Africa is a better place to live. The president told us that last night. Minister, you agree, of course. Yes, everybody agrees with that, I think. I don't think there's anybody who can disagree with it. The day, would you like to agree with the, is South Africa a better place to live? Yeah, absolutely. But let me just qualify that by saying um, it was a better place under uh, former President Nelson Mandela, a better place under former President Thabo Mbeki, but under President Zuma, it faltered. And if you just look at the following really important statistic, when you look at growth rates, under President Thabo Mbeki, the growth rate in the economy grew to 5.6%. And that is because of a very unpopular policy, when you look at it from the point of view of the left, called GEAR. It was administered largely by uh, Minister Trevor Manuel when he was finance minister. Under President Zuma, in his fourth year as president, the GDP growth dropped to 2% a year. Um, the average growth rate under President, former President Thabo Mbeki was 4.23, and under President Jacob Zuma's dropped to 28 and we should not blame global recessionary circumstances for that. If you compare us to some high-performing countries in sub-Saharan Africa, to Turkey, to Mexico, to Indonesia, to Malaysia, and other comparable middle-income countries, we are performing 2 to 3% less than them. So just on the point of view of growth, President Zuma uh, has faltered when it comes to the management of this economy because of lack of leadership, there are two policies sitting in government that are competing, and we don't have a central overriding vision that would lead us all in the same direction. Mr. Kwanko, Mr. James's own admission, South Africa is a better place to live in, and, and you're nodding along, so you agree. Certainly. But do you agree with the president when he says, because we're a better place to live in, there's these rising expectations, almost the Joneses kind of uh, analogy, where because our Jones, the Joneses next door have water, they have electricity, they have a car, my expectation as a neighbor living next door without it is that I want to protest because of it. And some element of the protest is that rising we, expectation. We vehemently disagree with that line of argument. Everywhere we campaigned in South Africa, people always complain about this, the promises that were made and they were not fulfilled. There are instances, obviously, they were compared, look at what's happening next door in the neighborhood or the, you know, the, the village across. But what happens most of the time is that when they see service delivery happening, let's say in a nearby village, they would be happy. But up until the government actually fulfills its promise about the deadlines that it had given them about delivering certain basic services. And as soon as that doesn't happen, then they start to equate. Well, that's a key word you said there, promise, isn't it? Because yeah. the communities wouldn't have expectations necessarily right. if we right. didn't promise them certain things, like eradicating the bucket toilet system, like providing housing, like providing jobs. And around election time, there's a tendency to make unrealistic mm. promises, which actually come back to bite the ruling party after the elections. Uh, so it's very important that we're actually realistic and we, we're very honest about what it is that the government can do 
and when it can deliver those things to the people because that creates problems. Minister, I, I know you want to enter into this. I'll, I'll give you a chance to respond. To. <laughs> I'll give you a chance to respond, but I think Janus also wants to make uh, make a similar point. Janus is calling in from Cape Town. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, during the, the last years of apartheid, when there was total uh, embargo on the economy of our country, uh, that uh, apartheid government still managed 1% of the GDP. Now, at the moment, uh, we've got 1.8%. It's not a big success at all whatsoever. We can blame the uh, you know, economy, international economy, for failure, for not uh, giving the, the chances to other underdeveloped country. But actually, this... So, so, so we should blame our government for that. You know, we've got too many, too many international companies uh, 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 taking money from our country where we don't provide our our people with our own work. So that's the point. Is you know, mm -hmm. ANC failed. ANC failed, yes. and we should we should remove. Should do, they should do much better. Thanks for that call, Yanis and Cape Town. Try to keep them short and brief if you can. We do want to engage with our guests on this, and I'm sure you want to hear their responses. Mlumli is calling in from Clarkstorp, and then we'll take Joe and Durban. Mlumli, first up, good morning. Good uh, morning, and thanks for taking my call. I You're welcome. I'm scoring the president back three or four of chairs. Firstly, he says that 95% of people are having some issues, and that is why 5% are revolting or protesting. Okay, Mlamli, your call is breaking up, but I think I can hear your point. You're talking about the rising expectations again, and when the president talked about the 95%, I heard you quoting that figure. That's the 95% he says has access to water, and then the 5% who doesn't, and those are the ones that uh, perhaps are protesting. Mlamli, apologies about that. Uh, your line breaking up. Joan Durbin, good morning. Hi, Dorothy. Uh, yeah, the president lamented the fact of violent service delivery protests, but it was only this week that, uh, you know, thugs from his own party gathered in Joburg armed with petrol bombs, rocks and stun grenades. You know, these are the very same people that are that were busted and that are participating in the service delivery protests in Beckersdahl and, uh, and Brits. You know, you, you really need a party that can lead by example. Then just on the, on the, on, on the issue of corruption, while we'll never deal with it because we have a crony justice system and we have a crony revenue collection system, and there's no clear example of this in the president himself, who for nine years never submitted a tax return until he fell out of favor with Toba and Becky, and Julius Malema, who for four years never submitted a tax return until he fell out of favor with ANC. All of a sudden, crony out of favor is in a target for the revenue services like the rest of us. Joe, thanks for that call there in Durban. Bafaba says, I give the president four. We didn't need a history lesson. It was too flowery. We're suffering on the ground. Etols are killing us. Seven out of ten from this unsigned SMS. The president displayed a level of energy and confidence that we haven't seen from him in a long time. Key factors, his stance on the mining sector, how he basically told him to straighten up. He went off script there even. Another important issue was the message on protests, both the police's behavior and the behavior of the protesters. Uh, Daniel Setoli, our president's speech was the best. I would like the president to investigate City Park about golf driving range at Dorothy Yembe Park. I don't know if the president can do that personally. And Obizita in Pretoria says, despite bumps here and there under his watch, the president has, for all intents and purposes, acquitted himself rather well. Minister Chivane. No, <coughs> thank you very much. I think the callers are, are giving their opinions, and I think we're happy. That's what the uh, the government would like to hear that uh, what are the people saying, what are the concerns which face them from time to time, so that where we have to improve, we should be able to improve. We should have to listen to to what the people say. On the issue of the growth rate, I think I think it's uh, it's unrealistic for us to say 
um, the international uh, economic downturn uh, could never affect us. Uh, we are a different country uh, than any, any, any other can developing country, given our history, given our international links and the trade relations which we have. If we get economies in Europe collapsing as they did, and for us to assume that we are not going to, especially when our, <coughs> when our economy is based on commodity trading, it is, it is really unrealistic. And therefore, we, th we think the economy is going to improve. We think more, more things are going, to, are, going to come, are going to come on strength. Before you go to yeah. the next point, uh, Mr. James, I, I can see both yes. you and Mr. Kwanko are yes. disagreeing vehemently with the, with the Minister I mean, on this. The growth rate of Chile is 4.4%. The growth rate of Turkey is, is high. The growth yes. rate of Nigeria is 7%. Yeah. Why, you know, we're, we're not the leading uh, growth, a growing uh, economy on the African continent even, which is what we used to be and we should be with the, the largest economy on the continent. Can I also add no. a few statistics before yes, the Kwanko. Minister responds to that? Um, Dr. James, for example, was talking about the growth rate. Let me, for example, in 2008, our debt-to-GDP ratio was 25%. Now, the current stands at about 39.3%. And if you look at, for example, we had a budget surplus, now we have a budget deficit. And all those things put together, they actually show that there's a poor management of the fiscal. It would not be a problem. These figures would not be a problem, for example, if we're getting value for money. But we aren't getting value for money. That's a fact. I think what they're saying here, Minister, is this is not all directly related to the global economic crisis. It's not related to the Eurozone crisis. We have problems here at home which, which have added to the problem that has, that has faced us internationally. Exactly. We're not, we're not saying we don't have problems at home. Um, any other country has its own problems. For example, if you say the, we, we acknowledge that the growth rate of South Africa is lower than most of the African countries, including our neighbors. But we must understand there's a lot of investments which are going in there, particularly now with the community boom uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the various areas in Mozambique, the gas, the coal. Uh, if you go to Angola, the oil, if you go to DRC, the mining, uh, the minerals resources, which, which are there in spite of the fact that they're in a, they're in a problem. So there are those issues, but what I'm saying is you can't, you can't say exclude completely the issue of the global economic downturn to affecting our economy. It's, it is unrealistic for us to, to, to assume that way. The fact that we are growing at, at a slower rate, and we think if all of us as South Africans work, we are able to encourage investment to come in, we are able to manage our, our finances properly in the state, we should be able to, to take the economy at a higher level. And that's what the President was saying. On this issue of rising expectations, which both uh, Mr. James and Mr. Quanquis, uh, you know, picked up on this question of rising expectations, how, how do you respond? The President said two things, uh, in addition to what we normally say. One, in the, in the last state of the nation address and many addresses which he made, the President made a point that most of the problems which we have at local municipalities because of capacity, is because of corruption, is because of uh, the lack of decision making in terms of ruling out the infrastructure and investment which are being made and the underspending which is taking place at the local level. That part has been dealt with and every South African understands. And then it then says, look, at the point where we are now and given the challenges which we face, whilst we acknowledge that in some certain areas there are real challenges which are taking place, but we should not overlook the fact that some of the some of the protests are coming up because of the successes we are making. Not because of the promises that you've made and no, not delivered. No, because of the success. You see the promise, for example, if we say we are going to build houses. It doesn't mean everybody will wake up and get a house tomorrow morning. Right? But people in the localities where they stay, they have to do their own plans to say this is what we can do in accordance to the budget which they have. I don't and, therefore, and therefore, that plan, that promise is actualized in actual practice there. The last issue I wanted to raise is that 
there's what there's an emergence of what what we what we can uh, loosely say is shank farming. People who have got land close to urban areas, especially metropolitan areas. They they cut out the stands and 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 provide shanks for people to stay there. Right. Informal settlement and the informal settlement is growing, is growing, is growing all the time because there's a rapid urbanization which is taking place in the country, and therefore the the provision of services, especially in the metropolitan areas, it becomes a moving target because more and more people are moving into the urban areas to seeking for jobs and they end up staying there. And because they don't have accommodation, mm-hmm. they have to be accommodated to some. That is an issue we're dealing with uh, in, in, to deal with to cope with the urbanization and also the service delivery which is taking place in the country. Very briefly, Mr. Kwankwa, I know you speak to people on the ground. Are they agreeing with The service delivery issue, I still don't agree with the minister. One, what happens is that when you go to communities, let's say, for an example, village X get a delivery of services. People would utilize and expect them to be, for example, next in the line. Mm-hmm. And that what happens is that often they are told when, you know, an expectation is created as to when they would actually be next in line. And as soon as that doesn't happen, then when they told you, they would actually make reference to the fact that it seems like you are prioritizing or favoring certain communities over mm-hmm. us and so on. But it's never a case of them toitoing because other communities get service delivered and they didn't. Mr. James, very briefly, we've got Lennox and Mike holding on in case. Yes, the root of this problem is the fact that unemployment has increased and that job growth has slowed down massively. Under pres- the presidency of Jacob Zuma, more than 1.4 million people have joined the ranks of the unemployed. If you look at the expanded definition of unemployment, under President Zuma, unemployment has increased from 30.4% to 34%. If you look at the level of job growth, it is very, very poor. We're looking at 25% unemployment, narrow definition, and 70% of those between the ages are, are between the ages of 18 and 34. It's a monumental problem. I want to get on to so the jobs figures because yeah. the president quoted 15 million of us uh, employed in jobs, the highest we've ever seen. So I, I do want to get into jobs. Uh, so Mr. James helping me out there. Lennox and KZN, good morning. Uh, good morning, President, and thank you very much to listeners as well. Uh, Dashan, you know, I was, the president made me very proud to be South African yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because the president... Uh, Talk about things that uh, we use, that we experience every day. See, I'm driving from Devon, I'm, I'm heading to Richards Bay. I'm driving on a freeway. I've just passed a theater of shopping. Uh, I'm heading to Richards Bay. I'm going to be driving on John Ross Highway. These are the projects that we use every day that have been delivered by this democratic government. Uh, uh, you know very well, uh, because you come from... This is one province that was regarded P94 as the killing field mm. uh, of South Africa. But today is the province of peace. And who was behind that peace? It was President Zuma when he was here in this province. So today, this province is a tourist maker of South Africa because of the efforts of the president. I listened uh, uh, to some leaders of the opposition, uh, particularly Lindy Mazuba, clutching a throw, trying to discredit the speech of the president. Uh, you are saying the president is, is claiming the victory, uh, uh, I mean the successes under President Mandela and President Mugabe. President Zuma was deputy president in the cabinet of President Begi. He was also in government in KZN when mm-hmm. President Mandela was president. So he's part of this. But what is even more important is that he has helped cushion this country against one of the economic challenges, you know, which was equated to the depression of 1929. And I think 
people must stop, uh, uh, you know, the, this thing of trying to discredit the parents. Because we live, we touch these things every day. In Guadalupe Natal, mm-hmm. we've got assessment municipality under President Zuma that has achieved 100% universal access. It was like a dream, but today right. it's a reality. Mm-hmm. You Thanks know, so, Lennox in KZN. Yeah. Well, we've got another caller in KZN, my hometown. Mike, I'm going to ask you to be very brief, Mike. Thanks. No, I will be very brief. Thanks, Mike. In the time that the, that the land has depreciated by about 20%, and I watched the Kenyan shilling because I was born there, um, it's only devalued by 2.3%. And I think, you know, that the, the difference between Kenya and this part, the very close to the EU as well, is that we, we, we have a total lack of leadership, and quite honestly, I give him an absolute fail to quote Radio Booker for his speech. Mike, thanks for that call. Sarah Letts, our last caller calling in from Clarkstorp. Good morning. Morning, Darshan. Morning to the Minister and the your panel. Morning. Uh, morning. Darshan, I, I just wanted to highlight one thing. Uh, there are things that are happening and which sometimes the leaders are not well informed about them. Take, for instance, the strike that was uh, at... Uh, Bread. There is an infrastructure there. It is not a question of that. There was no infrastructure, and then people are striking because there is infrastructure next door. There is an infrastructure which is not working, and that is why the people are striking. You take places like Saito Renek, where there was no water for the past six months, because the people didn't strike there. Mm. It was like as if uh, there is, everything is fine, but there was no water in that township for the past six months. Now, the infrastructure was there, but the plan and the execution that should be water into the life was not done properly. And now, the people, uh, the ministers and other people will report things that, at the end of the day, they sell the president short, because the president will say there is no uh, people are striking because of this and because of that. And one last thing that I wanted to talk about was the issue of corruption. Uh, government is not addressing the issue of corruption. You find an employee of government coming in earning 30,000 rand, but you find him only owing things that are around 5 million rand. You mm-hmm. ask yourself, where is this guy getting the money? If I earn 50,000 rand and I cannot buy what he has bought, but he is taking home around... 25, 26,000 runs, and he's, he's driving a flashy car. Thank you, know, you very much for uh, the call, Sir Letts. So we have to leave it there with you. Thank you very much uh, from Clarkstorp. Libu call writes in. He says he is not corrupt. Those accusing him of corruption are the ones who are corrupt. They should go to hell. Uh, Stanley says, is there a need to have such a big cabinet with it, which increases corruption through the tender system in so many departments? On Facebook, Odwa Ekiso says, disappointed as a job seeker. I believe sometimes it's useless talking about the problem and not highlighting only what will be done. But how about tackling the problem? Tell us about that work opportunity, saying Adwa. Mr. James, you wanted to talk about jobs. The president talked about it. 15 million, he says. Most of us, uh, the most that's ever been employed in the country. He boasted about 600,000 or so jobs that were created. Uh, I heard Lindy Mazibuko saying, well, but he promised us 5 million, didn't he? Well, the fact is, uh, he, he, uh, you have to see all of those numbers against the background of the size of the population. And if you, if you say that 15 million have jobs, well, 3.6 million don't. And of the 3.6 million, 2.2 are discouraged job seekers. They actually are completely without hope. And so, and that's a 25% unemployment rate, and that's getting worse. 
So the fact is that that is the, the president is cherry picking on some very small, significant improvements here and there, but he fails to mention the background. He fails to mention the history. So we sit with 3.7, 3.6 million people unemployed in this country. That's a monumental figure. And there's no wonder there's service delivery protests. I mean, that's the heart of the problem. Mr. It's the lack of jobs. No, that's very true. But uh, remember the other issues that we said is pending a rosy picture. That's one of the reasons why we, we made that point. The pres- President Olomisa said that last night. is simply because, you know, when you talk about the figure of 15 million rents, what is your base? What was the figure when you started in 2009? Then you can say, if you actually tell us the figure, then you'll be able to actually say by how much you've actually grown that figure. And then that will give us a clearer picture of how well your administration has done or not. In this instance, that didn't happen. In most instances, actually, he actually quoted absolute figures without comparing them with the base to say that this is where we started and this is where we are, which, have, which would have given the public a, a much clearer and a better picture, especially in important figures like the unemployment and mm-hmm. employment creation. Minister Chibani, I mean, do the numbers lie or did the president hide the context from the numbers from us? No, the, the numbers do not lie. We, we, we do check. Most of these numbers are coming from credible um, information which has not been contested from reliable institutions which have the task to collect statistics on our behalf. We will, in the next few weeks, publish what we call the 20-year the review of where we were. We'll bring all those numbers. Uh, we'll, we are going to take those numbers from wherever up to the latest verifiable information which we have. As, and, and you are going to see the picture which the president was saying, look, the South Africa is a better place to be. We'll, we'll, we'll do that like the president did. He said, this speech is in particular to report on the five years, but in general on the 20 years. So it was not, it was not generally based on the, on the five years. It was in general on the 20 years, but in, in specifically on the five years of, of, of the priorities which he set up. In a few weeks' time, as I said, we're going to publish the 20, 20-year review where we do the review of all the sectors and all the areas where the economy, the jobs and everything else. We'll give you the numbers from this point to this point. This is how it was. From delivery of electricity, how many people had electricity in 1994, how many do they have now, and how, what is the cap, cap, capacity of, the, of this thing. With regard to jobs, the president said, look, in the, in, the, in the light of all these things, we think our investment in infrastructure, the infrastructure program, will be able to, at least to some extent, to begin to reduce the amount of unemployment which we have. And the issue of localization and the ramping up of the manufacturing capacity of the country, we should be able to deal with the, with, with the, with the problem of jobs. So it's not that because it doesn't have a plan. It says, look, my task now is to give you the report of what we said we're going to do. The Minister of Finance, when he comes, when he comes back in the, in the next few days, he will be able to say from, from here, this is what we have budgeted, this is what is going to happen. When then, after elections, then it, a, a program of what is going to happen later is going to be outlined. So it's a, it's a system. You can't say everything at the same time and hope to achieve what you want to achieve. The president was just reporting on what we have done so far up to now. So a program of action will come out in the second State of the Nation address. So we have a treat this year, two State of the Nation addresses. Of course, that's after the May 7th election. Uh, Don in Eastern Cape wrote back to us. Remember, he was our first caller, and I said he didn't give us the score for the president. He says he gives them 8 out of 10. Minister Chibane, what would you give the president? Obviously, I would give the president 9.5 plus. And the, the, the reason is, the other... The other zero yeah, I was going to say what's seven. missing. <laughs> what, what is missing is because the president could not have, as I said, could not have included everything. Somebody has been complaining about rural development. There was, no, there was not enough on rural development. There was not enough on that. 
on, on the basis that there was a lot of information mm-hmm. which has not been included in the speech because there was no space to do that. Otherwise, we'll be sitting there until midnight. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the key problems uh, with the president is a complete lack of leadership. Uh, and that has to do with the lack of moral authority when it comes to leadership, uh, poor performance when it comes to the economy, a particular job creation, and also education. I mean, you're, he hides behind the metric results, which needs to be looked at far more carefully uh, in order to assess the progress in the education system. And then in terms of dealing with corruption, there's no bold steps being taken. And so I would give him a, a 3 out of 10. And Mr. Kwanka? would give him a 2 out of 10, primarily because of the issue I highlighted earlier on about the poor, much, poor management rather of the fiscus and uh, the leadership issue, poor leadership around corruption, and the fact that, for example, we still have a poor quality of education that our, our learners get on a daily basis in South Africa. Well, thank you very much to my guests this morning, Minister Collins Chabane, the DA's uh, Federal Chairperson, Wilma James, and the UDM's Deputy Secretary General, Mwabam Yuamzi Kwankwa. Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen, this morning. Happy Valentine's to you at home today. Hope you have a fantastic day. Up next, when a bird comes up with morning talk, from myself, Darshan Midley, and the rest of our team here in Cape Town and those back in Johannesburg, we'll catch you again Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. here on AM Live with myself, Darshan Midley. Have a great day. Bye-bye.